This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. We know the wide economic impact that the coronavirus has had around the globe, but what has it meant for innovation? According to our next guest, a mindset of innovate or perish exists now more than ever. Sergey Nedesin, Vice Dean for Global Initiatives and Professor at the uh, Operations Information and Decisions Department at the Wharton School, joins us with more on this. He recently wrote about this uh, in an article he did for the Financial Times. Sergey, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Thank you for having me again. Always a pleasure. Thank you. So I guess this is an important time to look at at innovation uh, and where we are headed with it, especially as the coronavirus uh, case counts are lowered. We're seeing more uh, inoculations right now uh, around the globe. Uh, It certainly seems like we're starting to come out of this right now, but it's an important time around innovation for businesses. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you, Dan. And, and some industries, of course, are affected more than others. Uh, but what uh, we generally see, uh, companies are uh, forced to innovate in this kind of times of crisis. So what are the changes that you've been seeing because of the pandemic and, and specifically about this mindset that business owners have had to have? Uh, well, um, as uh, as we went into pandemic, uh, it became clear that in order to continue operating, you need to become increasingly digital, and and this is true for uh, for us in in education, right? So we all went online, we continued to teach online, but it's also true for uh, many other kinds of businesses. Uh, you know, restaurants come to mind, and you can think about any kind of retail uh, retail shops. Um, anything that sells anything to anyone, uh, all of those businesses could continue to operate, but they needed to have online capabilities, which many of them didn't have. So in terms of the level of innovation, our business owners, I would imagine, especially during this pandemic, they really had to be thinking about the cost that was involved in the level of innovation as well. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And, and we see this uh, uh, very well in education. So certainly uh, uh, places like University of Pennsylvania, where we've always invested in IT, we always had the chief information officer and we have resources in general, we could ramp up those capabilities relatively quickly. Um, so it was mostly about changing set of, uh, say, faculty or administration who for years, uh, wouldn't commit into uh, teaching uh, teaching purely online, um, but uh, but now suddenly because of the crisis, we all we all agreed that that's the way to go. Uh, for other kinds of businesses, if you think about um, if you think about retail shops, you think about uh, restaurants, for example, um, uh, or you know coffee shops and such. Um, uh, indeed, if you didn't have those capabilities, uh, it would seem like uh, it, it would seem like very, very kind of expensive to invest now and try to figure it out. But um, in, in all honesty, in all honesty, uh, by now the way uh, the way you can ramp up those capabilities doesn't really require a lot of money. You know, it's not like you need to build computer farms. You know. Uh, buy expensive equipment, all you have to do is rent out space on Amazon Web Cloud and and you can be up and running overnight. 
Right. When you think about something like curbside pickup, which has been very important for a lot of companies during this pandemic, realistically, it doesn't cost them a whole lot because you're probably using employees that were already there to begin with. And all they're doing is is walking the uh, the order out to the car it's, that the person is uh, ordering from. Uh, yes, absolutely. So all you have to do is enable some kind of way for uh, for people to uh, to enter this order, right? So you need a you need a pretty simple uh, web ordering interface, or more likely mobile ordering interface. Uh, or you know, at the very least, you could uh, you could start cooperating with companies uh, like Instacart, you know, Deliveroo, and you know those kinds of companies, and just say, look, guys, you know, uh, people are uh, afraid to go into the store, don't want to go into the store, but we can make it so that uh, you know your workers can come pick up products and deliver them, right? Um, so, uh, by and large, I think all of this was doable, but um, unfortunately, I think the different owners had very different mindset, and some of them just said, no, you know, I don't know how to do it, I can't figure out how to do it, I've never done it this way, you know, so I'm just going to wait out for the pandemic to be over, right? And and pandemic turned out to be much longer than anyone, I think, had anticipated, and as a result, we had a lot of businesses going up. Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, Sergey, one of the other elements to this is just the mindset around risk by a lot of business owners and how that has been changed because of the pandemic. And probably, you know, it, it, it plays into the want to innovate more, not only in this time of the uh, of the coronavirus, but also, you know, longer term. Uh, absolutely. And and I work a lot with, uh, with companies, large and, and small, um, uh, kind of advising them on innovation. And to me, the best time to innovate is when everything is great. You know, you're making money, you're growing, you know, everything is fantastic. You actually have time to sit down and think about the next kind of But paradoxically, most businesses don't do that because they're kind of hostages to their success, right? So why if everything is working? Why bother if we are making money and the current business model is working just fine, right? But then when the crisis like a pandemic hits, uh, suddenly you don't necessarily have resources, you don't necessarily have time, uh, you are kind of fighting fires all over the place, there's lots of uncertainty, uh, so that's not kind of the best time. But unfortunately, that's what most businesses do. They innovate when it is uh, the time of crisis. So do you expect that there that that maybe this will be a period of transition in terms of that mindset that maybe this extended period of impact is really going to change the minds of a lot of business owners longer term? I think so, and I think this will happen in part because the mindset of consumers um will change. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of consumers would never order food uh, online on Instacart or on Uber Eats, right? A lot of people did not use um, Starbucks mobile app, right? And 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 a lot of people never uh, would never um, use you know QR codes uh, as a menu, right? So they would prefer kind of a paper menu. And I think this has changed. So a lot of this. Uh, a lot of this consumer behavior is very different now. We are now used to all of this. Um, so I think from the point of view of uh, business owners, there is less risk of investing into those capabilities. You mentioned at the end of your article uh, in the Financial Times the idea of er- experimentation. 
meaning try now for the next time and, and maybe continuing to try as you go along? Absolutely. To me, um, that experimentation is the key for promoting the culture of innovation. Uh, because, you know, like, for example, coming up with ideas for innovation, there are usually lots of ideas floating around in the company. And once the idea is successful and, and people see the potential in it, they, they can usually scale it up and, and implement. But it's really this kind of transition from idea to some proof that this can actually work. And, and, and this is all about experimentation. And experimentation is something that traditional companies just don't do very well. There is no uh, budget available for experimentation. You know, there, if I want to do an experiment, I want to try something new, uh, management will likely start asking questions like, okay, how are you going to spend this money? What is your expected return on invested capital? And with innovation, this is very, very hard to calculate. Innovation is very, very risky. Most innovations fail. And so at this point, you know, if I get all of those questions from management, I'll just say, ah, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's, you know, too much pain. I'm not going to experiment. So creating this culture of experimentation is really key for creating an innovative organization. And, and I guess to a degree, it, it, it is helping to take away complacency as a business owner. You know, you get into a successful run. You don't really think about rocking the boat to a degree this will make you want to think longer term about changes you have to may have to make uh, around the uh, uh, down the road um, absolutely and, uh, and and this is a very simple KPI you know metric if you one metric around innovation just uh, measure just count number of experiments that you are running um, it, it's very tricky to have metrics around success of innovation you know success of innovation right. is it's pretty small and and very, very highly uncertain. But you can easily count number of experiments and you can easily see where you are in this, this experimental stage. So this is, uh, this is the best KPI that I know. And by simply doubling number of experiments that you run, you can double innovativeness of your company, as, as Jeff Bezos yeah. once uh, rightly said. Sergey, thanks very much for your time today. All the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a good rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Sergey Netasin of the Wharton School. As I mentioned, you can read his uh, article on innovation coming out of the pandemic in the Financial Times. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.